You're listening to a BGE podcast. Friends and family gather round and fire up the barbecue. Let the smoke waft and float, that's what we're gonna do. You can't deny there's nothing like friends and family and food. Don't sit still, pull out your grill, we're gonna have a barbecue. Welcome to this episode of the Blind Grilling Experience. We're going to be talking about lighting your grill, perhaps for the first time, some do's and don'ts, and hey, what first cook do I recommend? Because if you're looking, you ain't cooking, fire up the barbecue, fire up the barbecue. Welcome back to another episode of the Blind Grilling Experience, folks. My name is Chris Peltz. I am the most interesting griller in the world. I've got some great information to share with you today kind of following up on the little series that we did a few weeks back talking about choosing your first grill or getting a new grill, the various types. And of course, uh, we focused a lot on charcoal grills and and that's what we're going to be looking at today. We'll get into cooking with, with gas and pellets and things like that, you know, down the road. But uh, I think a lot of folks are wanting, you know, if, if you want to grill, you probably want that charcoal flavor you want a charcoal grill and so i thought we'd talk about you know lighting that grill a lot of folks are intimidated by the fire in and of itself and you know you you get these ideas of of you know people throwing a bunch of charcoal in a grill dousing it with lighter fluid and throwing a match to it and then all of a sudden it's just like Man, oh man, there is a fire. And that can be pretty intimidating for those who are blind or visually impaired. So uh, I, I want to, to kind of walk through some steps to help, uh, uh, you know, tame down the flame, <laughs> I guess, a little bit uh, and and alleviate some of those those fears and let folks know that there are definitely safe ways to go about this and ways that you can have control and 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 walk through this process and, and be all right. And, and so some of the things that you're going to need, first and foremost, is going to obviously be let's 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 go with the lump charcoal rather than briquettes. We've talked about this in, in times past, what the difference is between the two. And the the idea of briquettes, while that's most familiar to everyone, in order to know that they're ready to cook on really it's a visual thing when you get them lit while they're this really dark almost black color when they are ready to cook on ready to use they get this light ash gray coloring you know as they begin to change and they get heated up and and that's when you know they're ready and that's that's extremely visual and you know that's uh, that's not the case with lump charcoal you don't have to worry about that you don't have to look for anything when it comes to lump charcoal you just simply watching the temperature uh, of, uh, of and when it's ready to cook. So so what you're going to need first and foremost is a grill, obviously, <laughs> that you can put your charcoal in. Some lump charcoal. Obviously, we love the Fogo charcoal, but there are other brands, whether it's Rockwood 
Blues Hog, um, again, the Fogo that we love, the Jealous Devil. Those are going to be some of your more popular and quality brands. Not all lump charcoal is the same. Not all lump charcoal is good lump charcoal. You know, you're going to be discouraged and disappointed if you if you skimp out on the charcoal. I'll tell you that right now. Uh, it'll be difficult to light. It's going to create other problems, and you're going to get frustrated. And it it's just better to start with something that that is quality and know it's going to work. And so Fogo and Jealous Devil or the Rockwood or Blues Hog, something along those lines for lump charcoal. You're going to need some starter sticks. You're going to need a lighter. And you're going to need a pit probe. And you know when we get into the cook, the meat probe as well. Whether you're cooking on something like a... Uh, a Camadou style ceramic grill like the big green egg that we're using or a Weber kettle is irrelevant uh, for all of this. This is what you're going to need, right? You're going to need the charcoal. You're going to need the lighter uh, starter stick, the lighter uh, to light the starter stick, and you're going to need your probes, an accessible pit probe uh, and meat probe. And and that's going to get you started. That That's going to be, you know, the way to go. I do recommend having some type of, depending on what grill you have as to what they call it, but what allows you to do an indirect cook, whether it's a deflector, a plate setter, convector, or, you know, something that goes between where you cook and the fire itself to create an indirect cooking zone. Um, and and that's going to be especially for those who are scared or worried about flare-ups and open flame. This was just going to help put one more little piece of barrier between you and the fire once it is going and, and get you used to the heat in and of itself. So, so that's what we need to start with. So we get our grill, we get it open, we remove the cooking grate, and in your grill there's either going to be a basket already that holds your charcoal or some type of other grate where you put your charcoal on. Now I'm going to skip the whole chimney starter uh, aspect of things. If you have questions about chimney starters, shoot us an email, blindgrilling at at gmail.com, blindgrilling at gmail.com is our email address. We can talk about chimney starters. Usually folks who use them know how to use them. They're used to those, and they like them, and they want to use them. And that's all well and good, but they're not necessary. They do work great, and but let, let's let first, you know, walk through trying, you know, to purchase or have, you know, as little accessories as possible just to get you started and used to the fire. So you're going to put the charcoal down into your charcoal basket or your your on your charcoal grate. And don't worry about how it lays out. Don't worry about the methods that people talk about as far as the snake method or, you know, from the, you know, burning from the outside in or from the inside out or any don't that's that's all, you know, a little bit more advanced stuff. We want to get you used to the fire. And so uh, you're going to get your lump charcoal, good pile of coal into your grill. And then you're going to take your starter stick and you're going to stick it into the charcoal right in the very center, right in the middle, and just kind of shove it down where it's kind of, you know, halfway buried. 
Now, starter sticks or starter blocks, uh, starter cubes, sometimes they're called tumbleweeds, sometimes they're called wax starters, sometimes they're they're cardboard starters, but they're, they're for lighting in the midst of your charcoal, and while they burn, they'll burn hot enough to get your charcoal going. So you're going to put that starter stick right there in the middle of your pile of charcoal, of your lump charcoal. You're going to open your bottom vent to your grill. There's going to be some type of vent on that grill that opens up, slides, turns to let as much air go into the grill as possible. And so now you're ready to light your grill. And there's, there's again, this is where a lot of folks, you know, a lot of them don't like lighters. Some of them are used to using matches. That's, that's all fine, whatever you used to. If you can use a match and get it right down there onto that starter stick and hold it long enough to get that starter stick lit with a match, the more power to you, you can do that. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to walk through a method with what they call a wand lighter or a candlestick lighter, which is a, a lighter that when you hold, let's say, in your right hand, it'll have a little knob that you kind of roll forward and then you pull a trigger with your trigger finger. And there's this little stick that extends out, you know, five to six inches where the flame is at away from your hand. So that, that is a wand lighter. If you're searching for them on Amazon or some other store or a candlestick lighter, um, uh, candle lighter, wand lighter, or grill lighter even. Sometimes they'll be called grill lighters. Uh, and so that that's what I recommend using. And you're, you're going to, before you ever light that lighter, right? if you want to play with it, make sure you know how it starts. That's all well and good. You're going to put the end where the flame comes out right up against that starter stick. And you're going to take your left hand and you're going to cup it over where they meet. And you're going to hold that left hand up about two inches from the end of the lighter stick and the beginning of the starter stick, from the lighter and the starter. And then you're going to light the lighter, right? You're going to pull that, you know, push that little roll, that knob forward or whatever little safety mechanism they have on that lighter and then pull the trigger and you're going to feel a heat rising up into the cup of your hand to the palm of your left hand and you're going to hold that lighter there for uh you know it you know five to ten seconds you know you can you can judge it but you can do it for three seconds if you want and let go of the trigger so that the lighter goes off and feel if you still have that heat rising up into the palm of your hand. If you do, then that starter stick is lit and you're good to go. Just leave it alone. Uh, if it if the heat no longer rises right once the lighter is out, then the starter stick isn't lit just yet. You need to give it a little bit more time. So double check, make sure they're butted up against one another and you're going to cup your left hand over uh, and right, raise it about two inches, you know, maybe three, and you're going to light your lighter, and you'll feel the heat into the palm of your hand, and you're going to count to, let's say, 10 seconds this time, and then you're going to turn the lighter off, move it, and if you still feel the heat rising in your left hand, then it's lit. It may take you a few times to get it, uh, but once you do that, 
and you get comfortable with it, and you'll know how far to raise your hand, lower your hand to be able to feel the heat from the lighter without burning yourself. You know, you can make whatever adjustments you need to make. And once that is lit, uh, that starter stick is lit, it's already embedded into the coals. Um, You can take a piece of charcoal and kind of lay over it if you want, you know, if you're comfortable doing that. Otherwise, just leave it alone and give it about 15 minutes and let that charcoal start burning and, and building your fire up. That, that's how you're going to light your charcoal. It is important to have that bottom vent open, wide open, as far as it will go, as much airflow coming into that grill as possible. That's what's going to be the main air source, oxygen source for your fire. That's going to feed it. That's going to keep it going, especially when you put the lid on it. So at this point, um, I would go ahead... Personally, some people wait until they're ready to cook. I go ahead and put my convector, once I know that that is lit and and that it's going to light the charcoal, I go ahead and put my deflector or whatever it is that's going to be between my cooking grate and my fire. So on a big green egg, it's called a plate setter or convector, uh, and I put that over the charcoal and... Uh, it, it allows you to do indirect cooking. Uh, depending on the grill as to what it is you're going to use, sometimes they're just um, cast iron half moons that you're going to put and create dual zones or you know a, a direct spot over the charcoal and indirect you know uh, where there's something between you and the fire. But I would go ahead and put that in, go ahead and put your cooking grate on and, and let that fire come up. It'll heat up your cooking grate, heat up that that plate setter, uh, but it, it's also creating that indirect so that the heat is is coming up around, but the flame isn't just shooting straight up where that, which is what really intimidates a lot of folks who are blind or visually impaired. Uh, and, you know, after several minutes, 10, 15, sometimes 20, um, you go ahead and put your lid on, and on your lid, there's also going to be a vent and you want it wide open at first as well. Um, and I'll back up one step after you get your cooking grate on, before you put the lid on, now's where you want your pit probe. An accessible pit probe is going to be something like the flame boss thermometer. Now I'm not talking about the controller, the 400 controller that has the fan that connects and you can set the temp you want. It controls the airflow. I'm not talking about that. This is for folks who, who are going old school. They're trying to spend as little money as possible. The Flame Boss thermometer has both, you know, allows you to have both a pit probe and several meat probes. It's, it's right now, I think, online 70 bucks or at your local um, Flame Boss dealer. You, sh- you can pick it up for 70 bucks. And um, just make sure it has you, you getting the pit probe with it. You're going to Connect that pit probe to either your cooking grate or to the factory thermometer, dome thermometer in the lid that, you know, that folks who are blind can't use, can't see. But inside the lid, there's, you know, it it sticks in there. You can clip that little alligator clip, that pit probe right up to it, and you can put the lid on. And, uh, or on the egg, you can close the lid. Uh, Leave the vents all wide open still, all right, and then... You know, you've got your 
pit probe connected. You've got your app. You got all that set up. We're you know that should already have been done. Now you're going to grab your phone and you're going to look and you're going to find out what the temperature is. Uh, and let's say you're shooting for 300 degrees, and the you know the temp is sitting you know at 110. Leave those vents open. Let it go for a while. You know that that grill's going to get heat soaked. That heat's going to keep circulating. It's going to go out the top vent. The air is going to be coming in the the bottom vent, feeding that fire. And that fire will slowly rise and get hotter and hotter and hotter. And if you're shooting for 300 degrees, you know, eventually you're going to hit 200 degrees. Then you hit 225, then 230, 240, 250. Right around that 270, 275, I want you to close that top vent about halfway. And if it continues to rise pretty steadily, close it a little bit more. Uh, until that it starts to either rise much slower or it stops um, or the temperature begins to drop, all right? If it begins to drop or it stops, open it up just a little bit more until it starts to move again. And and what you're going to find is you're controlling the airflow and controlling your temperature, controlling that oxygen to that fire and allowing it to burn, but you're controlling the rate at which it burns with the vents. That's what they're there for. And and you can monitor that with a good pit probe that's accessible. And so that will get you started on, on lighting your grill and you can play with the vents and you can find out, you know, where your vents need to be. Uh, and, and, you know, for the most part, how long it'll take to get there. There's all kinds of variances uh, when it comes to that, um, you know, how much charcoal you have in there, um, you know, if it's been, you know, extremely wet and a lot very humid or if it's very dry. There's factors that can, that can you know, fluctuate the amount of time it takes or how difficult it is to get your temp up and to maintain your temp. But, you play with it, and you'll learn it, and you'll figure it out. Uh, and so, so that's what you're going to do. Now, when you open up your lid, it may seem as though, from the pit probe perspective, that the temperature is dropping. But here's where you need to be very careful. When you open your lid, you've got a flood of oxygen that's coming into that fire. And uh, your fire can actually grow and get hotter with the lid open, and then when you close the lid, all of a sudden you're gonna your pit probe is gonna skyrocket up and show it's really hot. But then it'll start coming down with those vents set to where they are. It'll you know it'll start coming down because it's controlling that oxygen once again. And so don't freak out by opening up the lid and and what at first it seems like it dropped because you got all the cold air coming in, and then it seems like it's shooting way high, right? Because that oxygen has flooded your fire. Uh, just trust your vents, you know, put the lid back on it, you know, after you put some food on it and let it stabilize. Um, you know, the biggest thing that you know, mistake that people make is they start playing with the vents and they start chasing the temperature, right? So the temperature, you know, drops to, uh, you know, 250 and they, they put the lid back on and they're like, oh, man, I need to open the vent. Well, then the temperature spikes really high, and 
then they like, oh man, I need to close the vent, and they close it too much, and it it drops again, and and they don't let their grill level out from the time they open the lid to the time they close the lid, and and they start chasing that fire, and they're always going up and down, and they can get really easily frustrated with that. Um, but pretty soon after you do this enough times, you're going to learn exactly where to set your vent for whatever temperature you're cooking for. You know, if you're going for 300, you'll know exactly where that vent needs to be set. You know, when you, when your fire is ready and, uh, you're at the temp you want, you know, you'll, you'll know where all that is, uh, and things will come a lot easier and a lot faster to you as you get going. Listen, if you got questions about this again, blindgrilling at gmail.com is our email address. And uh, these are some of the questions that we know can be intimidating. We know, you know, uh, folks, you know, when it comes to grilling and why a lot of blind and visually impaired folks don't do it is because of the fire aspect of it. But you can manage it. You can control it. And there's lots of ways uh, that help us and make it easier to do it, especially when you understand the concept. You understand the concept of feeding the fire with air through the vents and how, you know, because heat rises, you know, if if the if the air has nowhere to go out at the top, right, it's not going to be drawing air in through the bottom. And so as long as that air, you know, you're restricting it from the top going out, right, it's not drawing more in from the bottom. It's just burning up as it can escape. It'll draw more in. And, and so you can uh, manage your fire that way. So that that's... You know, to get started, that's what I recommend uh, with that. So uh, let's talk about, in, in here in just a moment, let's talk about maybe your first cook and, and maybe a few tips for that. So let's stay tuned. Kickashbasket.com. For all your grilling accessory needs, check out Kickash Basket. Their charcoal baskets are excellent for helping you control the airflow giving you better quality airflow, maintaining that lump and that fire. And, of course, their cans will catch all the ash afterwards to make for easy cleanup. They've got heat-resistant gloves. They've got torches. They've got rubs, all kinds of accessories for from great lifters uh, to get that grate up out of the way and all kinds of other accessories. Go to their website. Use our affiliate link in the description of this podcast as well. Kickashbasket.com and tell them Blind Grilling sent you. So once you get your fire going, a lot of folks are wondering, what, what should I cook first? What's going to be something that's going to be easy and really help build my confidence on the grill? And... You know, a lot of folks think, well, certain things have to be cooked direct and other things you're going to want to cook indirect. First of all, you can cook everything indirect, okay? Uh, and and I recommend getting started by doing that. You're going to get to where you're more comfortable with the fire, more comfortable with the flame. You can remove that deflector or that, that piece that, uh, you know, allows you to do indirect cooking. But for now... Let's do indirect cooking because that way you don't have to worry about flare-ups. You don't have to worry about grease dripping onto the fire and flaring up the fire and, you know, again, you know, causing concern for those who can't see. They can hear it, they can feel it, and they don't know what's happening. And, and they, you know, it freaks them out a little bit. 
understandably, listen, fire is nothing to play with, right? Uh, and so, uh, so I get it. I've I've been there, and th- there's some times still where you know if if I'm not careful, I can get myself in a situation where I have to just close down the grill and step away and let that fire kind of subside a little bit so I can regroup and get back in there to it, right? You know, so there's, there's even when that happens, there are ways to stay safe to, to keep this going. And so we're going to do indirect. You can do burgers indirect. In fact, smoked burgers are amazing. A lot of folks think indirect, you know, that's great. And that is, that, it makes for some great burgers and brats and hot dogs and all of that. But indirect, right, smoke them low and slow. Do it 275 to 300 degrees, right? Uh, and that's great. And, and even at indirect, you can do the higher temperatures. You can do 400 degrees indirect cooks. That's not a problem. But the great thing about it is any grease that's dripping, is going to drip onto what that, you know, that indirect plate setter or convector or whatever it is between your food and the and the fire. And it it's going to uh, you know, keep those flare-ups at bay. They're not going to happen. Um, now you can for easy cleanup put some aluminum foil down on that uh, that plate setter that allows you to cook indirect so everything's dripping on that it makes for easy cleanup. And then later, when you remove that foil, you don't have anything burning on that, you know, that um, whether it's ceramic or cast iron. Um, so uh, aluminum foil is your friend when it comes to, you know, that, to clean up for sure. So, you know, you can put your burgers on and that's where you want to meet probe. Uh, depending on the temperature, as far as how long they're going to cook burgers, I recommend cooking to 150 I know a lot of folks, you know, still like a little bit of pink in their burgers. I, I used to, and, and that perhaps is a another um, a, a, a podcast for another day. Uh, but let's say one forty-five to one fifty uh, at the very least when it comes to burgers. I do one fifty for burgers uh, and kind of get the pink out of it, but. Um, you know, and only flip them once. Don't be constantly flipping your burgers. Let them cook on that on those grates, and let them go for about you know, you know, as you get used to it. Depending on the temperature, you know, the higher the temp, obviously, you know, ten to fifteen minutes, and then flip them and let them go another ten to fifteen minutes. Um, you know, if it's really high heat, maybe a little less. If it's a little lower heat. You know, let them go a little bit longer. But generally, you only need to flip them one time. Let them cook really good the first go around and then flip them one time and and go from there. Um, another good first cook, again, talking indirect, is a whole chicken. Uh, whole chickens are great uh, first cooks because you can put a, a meat probe in the breast and you can put it on the grill you know you're monitoring your temperature of your grill. You know it's setting at 350 degrees, and you're going to cook that chicken until the uh, the breast meat hits 160 to 165. Um, and, and you don't have to touch it. You don't have to do anything until it's done. As long as your fire is maintaining steady uh, and you, know, you bring that meat up to that safe temperature, you can then pull it off and 
uh, let it rest a little bit, and it's ready to to cut up and eat. Uh, so those are two really good uh, and and confidence building cooks that I think uh, you would be very pleased with the results. Um, and you know, along with that. I, a few of the things I think we probably should mention and probably should talk about. Um, and, you know, you know, we're not talking about rubs and seasonings and, and all the tips and tricks to get the best results for that particular kind of meat right now. Right? We're just trying to build your confidence at the grill. We're trying to make sure you understand how the charcoal is working, how to get it lit, and how to maintain that temperature with those vents and how to, you know, minimize any flare-ups by doing an indirect cook as opposed to a direct cook. And, you know, once you're done or, you know, you kind of get things figured out, close the vents, right? You get your meat off, put the lid back on, close that top vent all the way, close the bottom vent all the way, and walk away. Leave, Leave it alone. The fire will die out. And depending on the grill, your... Uh, that lump charcoal, it creates very little ash, as we've talked about in times past. Uh, and sometimes you're able, next time you go out to cook, there'll still be some lump charcoal in your grill, and you can just light it uh, and keep going, you know, and, and use that, you know, that same bit of charcoal that's left uh, in your grill, just relight it and do your next cook. That's the great thing about lump charcoal. So, I hope this helps folks to understand, you know, getting the charcoal lit and, uh, you know, a few things to look for, to be careful with, some tips and tricks of getting that going. But also, if you have more questions about that, again, shoot us an email, blindgrilling at gmail.com. You know, that's that's what I want to do. I want to help folks to get things going, get things lit, get things fired up and and get you cooking and have that confidence out there at the grill to be able to do, you know, the cooks that you want to do. Because you're going to move from meat to vegetables to fish. To, I mean, you'll be cooking everything before you know it, all because you're able to control the flame, control the fire. Uh, that's the key to just about everything and knowing where your temp is, you know, how hot to cook. Just like with ingre- or with uh, recipes, when they tell you, you know, where to, you know, preheat your oven to this particular temperature, you know, for this amount of time, you know, with the grill, you know, temperature is just as important, right? To to get things right and to have a consistent cook, knowing where your temperature is, not just firing it up, let the fire roar, throw meat on and hope you, you know, it comes out okay. But when you manage that fire, which you're able to do, uh, then you can have not only consistent results, but amazing results every time. And uh, be that backyard hero, you know? <laughs> Everybody's like, hey, let's get this get this person to cook. You know, Let, let's get Billy to cook. Let's get Jill to cook. Let's get, you know, whoever it is, uh, you know, we want them cooking because they know what they're doing. And, uh, and boy, that'll put a smile on your face for sure. Uh, and you'll have fun doing it. You will have fun doing it. All right, folks, that's it for us today. Again, if you have any questions, blindgrilling at gmail.com is our email address. Friends and fans. We love hearing from you guys. We love hearing about the cooks that you're doing. 
I'd uh, look forward to more emails, phone calls, texts, how everybody gets hold of us. Go to our Facebook group. Blind Grilling Experience is a Facebook group as well. And join us there and share pictures and cooks and recipes. And, uh, again, we love hearing from you there also. Until next time, remember, folks, if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Under the sun of the stars, fire is burning, the world keeps turning. Don't worry what you got to do. Because if you're looking, you ain't cooking. Fire up the barbecue.